This is Sharon Squassoni, Senior Fellow and Director of the Proliferation Prevention Program here at the Center for Strategic and International Studies. And I'm so pleased to have with me today John Mecklin, Editor-in-Chief of the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists. Welcome, John. Thank you, Sharon. You know a lot of things about nuclear weapons. <laughs> in your line of work. But uh, what I would like to talk to you about today is transparency and the role of not just the bulletin, but journalists in getting out information about nuclear weapons, which typically are very secret things. Most countries that have nuclear weapons prefer to keep all that information to themselves. So can you talk a little bit about how the bulletin has handled this topic over the years, and in particular uh, about the publication of the nuclear notebooks for the last 30 or so years. Yeah, for decades now, the bulletin has been focused on bringing nuclear information to a general public and to country leaderships. And a, a big part of that, starting, I think, in 1987, we began publishing something called the Nuclear Notebook that has moved through several different rounds of different authors, but always top-level experts in increasingly focused ways revealing the nuclear arsenals of the various nuclear countries around the world. And the idea from the bulletin's point of view has been neither leaders nor the general public can respond to something that they're ignorant of. You know, there, there are reasons that sometimes just information is good. So for our listeners who may not be familiar either with these nuclear notebooks or the bulletin itself, can you describe what one of these articles might show, the kinds of information they have in them? Uh, yeah, we'll just start with, say, the headline might be something like, United States Nuclear Forces, 2015. And these uh, articles are written in a unique style that on first, when you first encounter them, uh, for the older members of our audience, it's almost like a Sergeant Joe Friday dragnet kind of uh, approach where it's, it's very flat and they're describing the nuclear forces in great detail of countries who, you know, like the United States might have, what, six or 7,000 nuclear warheads enough to de destroy the world several times over in, in a very straight, sometimes kind of wry way. They just explain the United States had this many nuclear weapons. X number of them were atop uh, land-based missiles. X number were on submarines. X numbers come in the the realm of uh, gravity bombs that bombers deliver. But it goes through in great detail all the nuclear forces of country after country. Every two months we do a different country. And uh, Hans Christensen of the Federation of American Scientists, who does these primarily for us now with Stan Norris, he has developed methods, ways of finding out this information that really are the best in the world. So, so this is outside of some intelligence services, perhaps. It, it is the most accurate view of the nuclear forces of the nuclear nations. 
So I have a, a secret to reveal, which is um, my first encounter with the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists uh, happened when I was an undergraduate sitting in the stacks of the library, uh, probably goofing off, procrastinating, but I came across these nuclear notebooks and uh, I was fascinated. I thought, how did they ever get this information? And in a meeting that we all participated in, I got to learn about some of that. The sources of information over time have shifted considerably. Um, we are perhaps blessed in the United States by having a relatively open society, government. Uh, we have access to budgetary data, congressional hearings, environmental data. In the early years, these formed, I think, a good part of the sources. Um, but that's all changed. Can you talk about how the sources um, of information have changed and how that's made these estimates maybe easier or harder? Yeah, well, it's it hasn't been a steady change. You know, it goes up and down depending on the administration, depending on the what arms control agreements are in effect at any given time, and even you know with start new start the latest uh, agreement. The difference in what the United States releases has changed through the Obama administration, and so whereas they may have started releasing really, really detailed information, and then they gradually reduce as they see, well, what are the Russians releasing? Or, you know, they, they may gradually reduce what they're releasing. So uh, Hans and Stan, I mean, supplement what the government willingly turns over, which in the United States is relatively more than in other countries. But they still they do a lot of freedom of information requests, and, as they say, a lot of talking to people in the halls. You know, it's literally, I mean, there is a human element to figuring these things out because some of the people within the national security complex realize that it's in the benefit of everybody that the citizens of a country understand what their government is doing. Right. And also, um, just in the time that I have been involved in these issues, say for the last 25 years, the kinds of information you can glean from satellite imagery has changed in a, in a big way. So, for example, 25 years ago, really only governments had and intelligence agencies had access to satellite imagery. Especially last five to seven years, the technology revolution has been astonishing. So it's not just the bulletin and nuclear notebook, but, you know, as a for instance, there's there are blogs, expert blogs that people put together that draw on, yes, overhead satellite photography and, you know, all sorts of searching the Internet and whatever that give, I mean, there's one called 38 North, for instance, that deals with North Korea where that is a go-to place for not just citizens and not just other sort of civil society experts. But I know people in the government, when something happens in North Korea, one of the first places they go is to something that five, seven, eight years ago didn't even exist. And you go there 
and they have, yes, the overhead photography. They're saying, well, here's, here's why we know North Korea is about to have another nuclear test. And that, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, completely did not exist. So, John, that leads me to ask you the question, are there any more nuclear secrets? <laughs> <laughs> any more nuclear secrets? Well, uh, yeah, actually, I mean, it, it's hard to classify them as secrets, but there there is a lot going on in the world of nuclear weapons that the general public is not aware of because the mainstream media, the major media, isn't that interested in it on a regular basis. I mean, the the degree to which arsenals are being modernized around the world and exactly what's happening in which classes of weapons that the United States, for instance, is building gliding gravity nuclear bombs that are going to be based in Europe that essentially are a whole new class of weapons that cost more than their weight in gold to build. I mean, most Ordinary citizens, unless they read the bulletin, aren't really aware of that. And so that's that's the idea of it's not just finding out secrets that governments are actively hiding. It's finding out what are governments doing in regard to nuclear weapons that it's important for the citizens to know. And the job of the bulletin is to bring that out, highlight it, and then get media with perhaps more reach to pick up on it. Right. So there's an issue of accountability that um, transparency helps promote? Well, yes. I mean, uh, when you start to explain to people, okay, for instance, here's the U.S. nuclear modernization program, and all these documents that people have dragged out of the woodwork and FOIA'd and whatever and put together say it's going to cost a trillion dollars over 30 years. Now, some of that may be a good idea. You, you may be of the opinion that all of it is a good idea. But citizens really should know, well, you're, yeah, they're going to spend a trillion dollars of your money doing X, Y, and Z to a nuclear arsenal that really can't be used, really and truly cannot be used. It's a suicide weapon. So that brings accountability. That should get citizens at least questioning, asking their representatives what's really up here. John Mecklin, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking with you today. It's always a joy to talk to you, Sharon.